you know, we, we've been on a series. Uh, by the way, for those of you new, my name is Matt Renault. It's one of the staff pastors. I uh, have the privilege of bringing the word today. Uh, we've been in a series, if you're just joining us, through the Gospels. Um, and we've, we're picking it up uh, over the next couple of weeks. And we're actually in Matthew chapter 8 today. And we're going to study three different stories uh, of folks who, go, who went through some amazing experiences with Jesus. Uh, there are three different stories that we're going to walk through. But I actually want to start at the end because it's at the end that it gives us a summary uh, of who Jesus is and gives us a, a beautiful summary as we're on the series titled, Who is This Man? So Matthew chapter 8, verse 14 uh, says this. When Jesus came in to Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she got up and began to wait on him. And when evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word. Can we all say with a word? And he healed all the sick. And this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities, and he bore our diseases. This is out of Isaiah chapter 53, where it talks about he took up our, our diseases and by his wounds, by his stripes, we are healed. This gives us a glimpse into part of the nature of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. If you're new to the things of God, God is, is one person is one person made up of three individual persons. So he's one God made up of three persons is what we call the Trinity, excuse me. One God, three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God the Son is Jesus Christ. He became a man, and God was 100% God and 100% man. But when he came to the earth, he came and fulfilled hundreds of different prophecies. One of them is this right here, talking about how not only would he cleanse us from our sin, but that by, that by his wounds, we could actually experience healing. We could experience healing. What I love about Jesus is that Jesus, when he died on the cross and shed his blood, he died for our sins, but he also died so that we can live a life of freedom, wholeness, and strength. The Bible says that Jesus came that we may have life and life to the fullest. One of the things you'll see throughout the scriptures constantly is when Jesus would walk up on a scene, there was constantly these amazing miracles that would follow him. Miracles of physical healing, miracles of, of mental healing, miracles of spiritual healing. So he's interested in the entire person, the entire person. And so that's the title of the message today is The Healer. So who is this man? He is the healer. Can we all say the healer? It's a beautiful, beautiful aspect of who God is, that he's a healing God. And so, so, for example, when he, in, when he came up upon the scene here in a, in a minute, it talks about here in this verse, actually, that he healed Peter's mother, this is one of the disciples, who had a fever, but then at the same time, he was casting out demons. Demons created spiritual bondage, mental bondage, and so it's a picture of the holistic healing of the Lord. And one of the things for me, having grown up in, I had the privilege of growing up in the church. I grew up in a Baptist church, then I was in a Presbyterian church, then I was in a Pentecostal church, then I was in a Reformed church. I have, I've, had a, I've had a pretty diverse background of different church experiences. And so I grew up in a faith tradition that actually didn't talk about this very much. Um, and it was in my later years as a, as a young adult, that I, as a teenager, that I began to experience, wait a minute, are you saying that the miracles that we see in the Bible 
are actually miracles that we can experience today? And that is, the answer to that is yes. One of my favorite verses is, amen, let's praise God that he is the miracle-working God, amen? One of my favorite verses that I say a lot, I pray a lot, is just the framework of my spiritual life, and I think of the New Testament, is that Jesus Christ is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Because God doesn't change. How God works can look differently throughout human history. We don't have to come to a physical temple and offer physical sacrifices anymore. We are the temple of God. When you ask Jesus in your heart, he, God himself comes to live inside of us. It's an amazing miracle. So the way he works could be different and is different throughout history, but his nature never changes. And so we see this beautiful manifestation of who Jesus is in this passage, that he is the healer. Jesus is greater than cancer. How many of you say amen? He's greater than HIV. He's greater than autoimmune disease. He's greater than even mental illness. He's greater than all of the bondages that can, that can come upon our body. Now, I want to say up front that not only myself, but most, many, many, many great ministers who have preached this over the years are firm believers in modern medicine. I thank God for modern medicine. I, when I, when I, I studied the vaccine that came out, and as I was studying it, I got mine a couple months, about a month ago, I was just, honestly, I had a moment in my devotional time where I was praising God for the insight he's given us humans into the created body. It's absolutely amazing, modern science and medical science. So God uses that in a very powerful way. We'll talk about that a little bit. So, but with that, there is still amazing space for the supernatural healing power of Jesus Christ. God works through doctors. He works through medicine. And then he, we've heard it said he's the great physician. And so I want to jump into the next part of this message that, can be, that actually can plague some church folks who've been around the things of God for a while. And I love how the Holy Spirit, through this writer, uh, brought these stories out. I want to talk about the will of the healer. Because we get an insight a little bit into the motivation of Jesus and his heart. And it it's actually starts up in verse 1 of Matthew chapter 8. It says this, When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy, which was a, a form of a, an incurable skin disease, came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man which, by the way, was incredibly countercultural because you weren't even technically allowed to touch lepers. But Jesus, who's truly, we're, we're going to go through a series in June that Pastor is going to preach and, and teach as we walk through this amazing book that he has coming out called Incarnate Jesus Among the Broken. This is an incarnate moment here where even though everyone said they're untouchable, Jesus touched the untouchable. And as he did that right there in that moment, he said these words, I am willing. And then he said, be clean. Immediately, he was cleaned of his leprosy. And then Jesus said to him, See that you don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to him. So what happened here, Jesus comes down, he's got a huge crowd following him. A leper comes, and there's other stories where people had leprosy, this incurable skin disease. And they were actually outcasted. The disease was so bad that they had to quarantine themselves away from the general population because it was so contagious. So you got to imagine the picture where this leper comes, he throws himself at Jesus' feet, and he says these, these words, Lord, if you're willing, I know 
you can make me clean. And Jesus gives this word that we see his heart that he is willing. You know why he's willing? Because it's in his nature. He is a healer. He is the healer, the healing God. And so he, he answers that and then he says, be clean. So he's healed and he's able to be cleansed in a very beautiful, beautiful, beautiful way. So here comes the age-old question, which can happen often, is, Lord, if you're willing, why does it seem like you're willing with some and not for others? Because the, what we read earlier, the book of Isaiah talks about that he came to cleanse us of our sins and that by his stripes, his physical beatings on the cross, we are healed. So this is called, that's called the work of the atonement. And that, 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 that's called this beautiful picture that we not only can have our sins forgiven, but he's paid the price also for our healing. And so Jesus, if you paid the price for my healing, why is it sometimes that I, I pray and I don't see that answered? Why is it, Lord? Well, we could probably sit here for a long time and we actually did this in Bible school. You do it in seminary. You sit down and you can ask all the different questions, the why questions of God. How many of you have a why question list for God yourself? Yeah. I know I've got about 15 things. It's why. You know, one day I'll see him and I look, I look forward to answering the questions, but I still have a feeling he's not going to give the answer even in heaven. But at least I have questions. Why, Lord? Why is it that some people experience the miraculous in this specific area of healing, physical healing, but not others. Well, I'm the first to say that it is a, there's a mystery that is involved in this teaching, but this teaching is so important because he paid for it. It's one of his benefits. I love the verse in the book of Psalms uh, 103. It says, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not any of his benefits. Don't forget his benefits who forgives your sins and heals your diseases. Powerful, man. Powerful. Whoa. Okay. Soul, I love how David would do this. He would talk to himself. By the way, how many know it's okay to talk to yourself? Okay. David did. We can talk to him. He said, soul, heart, self. <laughs> self, I want you to know something. Don't forget the benefits of God. What are the benefits? Two things. One, he forgives all your sins. Praise God. And he heals all of your diseases. That was a prophetic declaration of the, of the Messiah, of Jesus to come. So this is one of the benefits. After COVID, I, I, heard, I read in the news this week that credit card companies are actually experiencing major, major issues because during the pandemic, many, many, many Americans paid off their credit card debt, which for the rest of us would sound like great news, right? But they're kind of having a hard time with their business because people aren't using credit as much. So they're sending all that they spent, I forget what it was, hundreds of millions of dollars last month alone trying to send mailers to, to people to, to get the credit cards. And what they're doing is very common. You probably got this. Okay, if you use this card, here's all of the benefits. You get mileage, you get restaurants, you get, you get gas. You know, in California, gas prices, is going to take me like 30 years to get that benefit anyway. You know, but, you know, so, so they, they, they list the benefits. Hey, if you do this, you're going to get these benefits. Listen, as a follower of Jesus, when you give your heart to Jesus, he not only forgives you of your sin and gives you peace and joy and purpose in life, but he also says, listen, I'm your healer and healing is available with me. One of the amazing benefits of the Lord. So the guy comes, the leper, and says, Lord, if you're willing, you can heal me. And he says, I am willing. 
So be, if you paid for my healing, how come I don't always see it manifested? I had a journey through this very often as a young man. I, as I said, I was, I was like a uh, conference junkie. I would go to church conference after church conference. I was at one conference once where I saw people healed and God did amazing miracles. And sometimes God's vessels can actually be a little cuckoo, you know? So the people got healed on one side and on the other side, there was some crazy stuff going on as a teenager from Chicago. I was like, that's not right. <laughs> that doesn't seem right. But you know what? Sometimes well-meaning men and women of God can, can, can do things that are a bit excessive. The Bible does say the man of God avoids all extremes. That's part of our church family. You, you ever have a family member or a cousin or someone who at Thanksgiving dinner is just a little bit on the extreme side? You're like, dude, chill out, you know? Okay, it's like less gravy. You don't have to have the entire turkey on your plate, you know, calm down. They hog the whole conversation. We all have them, but they're still family, okay? <laughs> so there's, fa- there's folks in our big church family across the world that have taken some of these truths, been a little extreme. Yeah, that is true. So I remember going and seeing some of those things. But I also remember seeing God heal miraculously. I remember being in in Africa over the years and I saw folks who were crippled. They were laid on mats like the New Testament. People were worshiping and they were just getting up off the mats and walking. I saw saw the Lord do it. It was amazing. And then it hit home. I'll never forget the day I was studying for, for class. I was at my desk. I was in grad school. I was at home doing homework early in the morning and I get a phone call from my dad who says, your mother, we just got news. I was like, what? She has cancer. I was like, what? My mom, incredible, loves the Lord, adopted mom. I have an adopted mom and a biological mom. She raised me. She's amazing. My adopted mom, they're both amazing. And I remember him saying, yeah, so we went. I remember being in the hospital. Many of you have been through that. You've lived through that that moment of crisis where your whole world seems to be put on stop. Time stands still. One of your deep loved ones is terminal. Then we found out she has stage four pancreatic cancer, which is a very aggressive and extreme form of cancer. And I'm, I'm in the ministry. I'm a pastor. I love Jesus. I've been preaching on this topic for, many, for years at that point. And I'm, and, but now this brass tacks because Christianity is real life. Christianity is not just something we do here online once a week. Being a follower of Jesus is real life. It's meant to be real and practical. And, and I'm there in the hospital and we're going through this. So all of a sudden we go through a, a journey of a handful of months, chemo, radiation, the whole thing. And I remember there was a time and we're praying for her. We're praying for God to heal her. We're saying, God, Jesus, we believe that you are the healer. I believe that that's what the Bible says. I believe that's what the Bible teaches. Because regardless of what I'm feeling and regardless of this circumstance, your word is the final authority. If you believe that, say Amen. The word of God is the final authority on all matters. And it's all over the New Testament. It's irrefutable. But how does this work in my practical life, Lord? And then all of a sudden, we got, so we got news in May that she had, they got in, they got able to get the cancer. And for about a week and a half or two weeks, the report was that she was cancer free. And I was cautiously optimistic, but I was like, man, is this amazing? God, you're, you're doing the, you know, all of these things. I praise God for the doctors and the team that he uses for these things. And then about three weeks later, we got news that it's back. And I think it was in a matter of eight weeks, she had passed away and gone to be with the Lord. Which, when someone's terminal, you, we're believing for her amazing healing. But when she was able to be graduated to heaven... She is now in a place of perfection. It's profoundly sad. 
but it's profoundly amazing because she's no longer in pain. And so, but that doesn't shake my faith in the principle that Jesus Christ died for our healing because even though the word of God says it, I don't understand why my mom, who was an amazing woman of God, wasn't touched so she can have another 25 years on the earth. I don't understand that, but, that also, but I also understand that Jesus died, paid the price through the atonement for her healing, and that he loves, he loves to heal. Jesus didn't create cancer. God didn't create cancer and terminal illness. That was our fault when sin entered the world. Sin enters our bodies and our bodies became broken. And that's the nature of the world we live in. But I want to tell you that there is a mystery with these things. And I don't understand, but at the same time, even in the place of mystery, we could say, Jesus, I still trust you and I still believe. And you might say, Pastor Matt, isn't that being like, you know, ignoring the obvious? No, faith doesn't ignore the obvious. Faith embraces the obvious. Faith is honest with God. Faith, I could stand before God and say, God, your word says this. My reality is this. And I still trust you. I remember... Uh, one of the stories that inspired me greatly during that time was a great healing evangelist who God has used over the years in an incredible way. Comes from a, a, a family line of men and, men and women of God who were used for incredible miracles. And he, he told the story how he was in an arena in Houston, and as he was in this arena, I think it was arena or a meeting in Texas, excuse me, all of these people just got healed in the service. All of these people, dozens and dozens and dozens. His own son, though, his own child, has, had had a hearing loss for his entire life. And it happened to be that in that service, dozens of people who had hearing issues were miraculously touched by the Lord. But for some reason, his son wasn't. And I remember he shared, he said, you know what I do, me and my son, we've talked through this for the years. We know Jesus heals. We know he does this. Whether it's today, tomorrow, Next year, or ultimately when we see him in heaven and we get our perfect bodies, we know that one day we will experience the healing power of God. So he said they had this code. They look at each other. And when they felt like they missed out or for some reason everyone else was blessed, but they weren't, they wouldn't lose faith, but they would look at each other and they'd say, you know what, guess what? We're one day closer. We're one day closer to the miracle. We don't know if it's next week, next month, next year, or when we get to eternity, but I, and I was super inspired by that. I was like, you know what, Lord? That is what faith is. And so, so often we're like, I don't understand why when I pray, I have an experience of it. Brothers and sisters, listen. Even for, the, for, for those questions, we can put them before the Lord, we can ask them, but we can trust the fact that the Lord, that it's part of his desire to heal. And I know some of you are struggling with that. But it is in God's heart. You know why it's in his heart? Because it's who he is. God's character in nature, it manifests itself. If you have a family, maybe as a parent, you're a giving parent. You're very generous. I know if you're, all the grandparents in here typically are very generous, right? And your, your grandkid comes and asks you for something. It's so, I, it's so easy just to say, okay, I'm going to give you this little thing. I'll give, you can have this extra dessert. I'll buy you this little thing if I can. And you feel that compulsion. You're always maybe like, I don't know if this is good for them or not, but I want to give this to them. I want Why? Because it's in your heart. It's part of who you are to be a generous parent or a generous grandparent. God is the healing God. And it's part of his heart and it's part of his motivation. 
Last thing on this part before we go to our last point here, and then we're going to have some time to pray, is I thought it was very interesting that in verse 4 it says Jesus told him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest. What? What does that mean? In our day and age, a guy gets healed miraculously, and God says, by the way, no social media posts, okay? No conferences, no book deals, okay? Don't talk about it. I don't understand that. But when you look at the context, Jesus wasn't interested in gathering a crowd. He was always interested in transforming hearts. We love miracles, but to God, a miracle is another Tuesday. That's who he is. He's like, okay, you're healed. I don't want you to go and go on a tour, but by the way, the guy did, and he went on this huge thing, and then Jesus wasn't actually able to enter the town anymore because of the crowds. But what he said, go to the priests, and when you go to the priests, it's going to be a testimony to them. Whoa, wait a second. How can that be? Remember, the priests were the people who were closest to God. They were the ones who were in the ministry. They were the spiritual leaders. They were the, the ones who were around the things of God the most. And Jesus said, I want you to go to them and tell them about this healing. You want to know why? Because so often, the closer you are to the things of God, and hear me, my brother and sister, if you've been in church for a while, the closer you become, the more familiar you can become. And the more familiar you become, unbelief can begin to sneak in. Listen, those who never heard of Jesus, you walk up to them and say, hey, God who created the earth wants to heal you and do a miracle? I promise you, you'll find a lot less unbelief out there than you will in the church of Jesus Christ. Because they're like, oh, supernatural healing, absolutely. It's natural. So Jesus wanted a testimony to the priest. He wanted to, be, to let them know that he was a healing God. Two things on this. Number one, the priests, by the way, were the, very often in the Jewish culture, were the authority on medicine. They were the ones who actually would practice quarantine and diagnosis of health um, and give different charges when it comes to health things. So it was twofold. It was a medical thing. It was a medical. That's why doctors are very important as well. Jesus could have dismissed doctors. He never does. He works through doctors. So this was a medical piece, but it was also a testimony to them that he was at work. Even John the Baptist was doubting. John the Baptist, the one who said, the Bible says, was one of the greatest men ever to live, began to doubt Jesus' ministry. And Jesus said, go back and tell John this. He said, go back and tell them the blind can see, the lame can walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf can hear, and the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. So if you've been around the things of God for a while, and your faith is getting a little bit lower, don't be discouraged or condemned by it, but let this be a reset of, Lord, Lord, would you build my faith again for the supernatural? Lord, would you build my faith again that you are a God who heals. I don't understand the mysteries of how these things go, but Lord, would you do that? The last point here, and then we're going to spend a little bit of time, we're going to get to pray for those who need prayer today and are asking for the touch of God. Not only did I want to point out the will of the healer, but I wanted to point out faith in the healer. Faith in the healer. Can we all say the word faith? Faith. This is one of the most famous stories of faith. It says this, When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. And Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. 
But verse 8 says this, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. Verse 9, we might have a slide for that. It says, for I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Verse 10, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. So, a centurion, a Roman soldier comes to Jesus and says, my servant is suffering terribly. They're having major health issues. And what I love where Jesus, he says, he says, should I come to him? Meaning Jesus is so amazing and he's so loving and so compassionate. He was like, Do you, should I come to him? And the man's like, no, you don't have to come. All you have to do is say the word. All you have to do is to say the word. And that so startled Jesus. He was just, oh my goodness. He said, I have not found faith like this among all of the people of God in Israel. And the reason it so stunned him was because of this man's faith. Now, faith is an interesting topic when it comes to healing. Because it's very difficult to talk about this issue of healing and experiencing God's divine supernatural healing without talking about the issue of faith. So for example, in Mark chapter 5, there was a woman with the issue of blood. Jesus said these words, your faith has healed you. Acts chapter 14, Paul was at Lystra and he was preaching and, and he saw that the crippled person, man, had faith to be healed. Matthew, Mark chapter 7 and Matthew 15, the Canaanite woman was, was attributed to having faith for, for seeing Jesus heal her daughter. Last example, Jesus went to his hometown where everybody knew him in Nazareth. He was just Jesus, the, the kid on the block. And the Bible says that because of their contempt, because of their unbelief, he was unable, he was only able to do a few miracles in that town because of their unbelief. Now again, I have good friends who can take this passage to a bit of an extreme side, in my opinion. And what they can start to say is, well, if you've prayed and you haven't experienced God's healing, it's because you don't have enough faith. I don't see Jesus doing that. What I see is anytime somebody was struggling in their faith, you know what Jesus would do? He would run to them and touch them and help them and still heal them. I love the story of the man I, who, whose, daughter, whose, whose, whose son was, was having seizures, and he was just honest. He said, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. And Jesus helped him and healed his son. So that's, a, I think, a bit of an extreme position to take if you say, well, you can't be healed because you're faith, because it makes it about you. It makes it about me. And that's not the point. The subject of healing is not our faith. The subject of healing is Jesus himself, who's the healer, okay? But there's a, amen, he's the healer, amen? There is a participation, though. We have to trust and we have to believe. We have to trust and we have to believe. 
So where's your faith today for the miraculous? Where's my faith? If you feel like it's low, it's okay. You just say, Jesus, would you fill me with fresh faith, God? I need fresh faith in my heart. Like the centurion. The faith that all Jesus needs to do is to say the word. That the creator of the universe, all he has to do is speak the word and cancer is gone. All he has to do is speak the word and the light can break through mental illness in a dark mind. All he has to do is say the word and healing can come to your marriage. All he has to do is speak the word and supernatural grace will flow into whatever your situation is. You're like, well, hold on, hold on a second. You mean I don't have to go through all of these different things? We talked earlier. If you're sick, go to the doctor, take the medicine. That's all fantastic. But what I'm also saying is this. Jesus Christ is standing here right now in this sanctuary at Micron, online. Maybe you're driving down the road right this minute and you're feeling this tightening in your, in your, in your gut and you're starting to feel a little bit uncomfortable and your heart is racing and you're getting a little nervous right in this moment. That might be the Holy Spirit beginning to, to, to touch you and to tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, listen, this is for you. God's miracle working power has already been purchased. There's nothing you have to do. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. Jesus paid for it. All you have to do is receive it. We love to take the credit for things in our life. We love it. Look at my degree. Look at my accomplishments. And that's great. It's good to be strong in your sense of self-worth. But it can sneak into our spirituality. Look at my faith. That's what got me through. Look at my biblical knowledge and all my Bible verses. That's what got me through my hard time. And this might be a moment for you. This ailment has come upon you. Jesus doesn't make you sick. He'll allow it to happen. He'll allow this burden and this challenge to come in your heart. But maybe, just maybe, you're in that position like the centurion. He asks the question, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus, why do you ask a question that you already know the answer to? You knew all of history before time began. Why would you ask this man what you want him to do? It's because he's trying to draw on the faith. He's trying to build you. He's trying to strengthen you. He's trying to teach you because after the miracle, then what? I've seen a lot of people experience God's miraculous working power and go back to doing what they were doing before. So part of the process is just saying, okay, Jesus, do what you want to do. Do what you want to do, Lord. Speak the word, God. Speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. And would you build my faith, Lord? Would you build my faith, Lord? Father, right now in Jesus' name, I pray for my brother my sister, Lord, right now who they've been struggling with this, Father. They've put you on the stand. 
Lord, forgive us for the times that we put you on the witness stand as if we're an attorney and you're trying to have to give us reasons for how you operate, Lord. Forgive us for that, Lord. Jesus, we ask for your forgiveness for all the times that we have blamed you for things that you did never, you never did, Lord. You don't bring sickness. You didn't bring hardship. You don't bring difficulty. We know life is hard. You didn't bring that, Lord. Forgive us for that. Holy Spirit, I pray right now, we sense your presence here with us. We just want to pray for that holy reset in the heart. We ask, Lord, that we would be like little children looking at our daddy, our father, and just saying, I don't need to have all the answers. I love you. I trust you. Lord, forgive us for always wanting to know why. We don't need to know why when we have your presence, Lord. We don't need to know why when we're close to you. We love you today. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, God. You're the healer. You're our friend. You're the king. Forgive us for having to ask you questions, that, but we trust you today, Lord. I'll never forget the day when we got the phone call on a Wednesday night. We are getting ready for our prayer meeting. And uh, we had a mom who had a daughter in the church who was crippled virtually from birth and had these leg braces on, on her legs and on her hands. And she couldn't walk very well when all the other kids in kids' church were jumping around and having fun, she couldn't do it. And I remember she had such an amazing look on her face, though. You, she so loved Jesus. By the way, Pastor Jimmy, we had a nine-year-old boy who came down after last service and said, I feel like Jesus is calling me to preach the Word of God. It was amazing. <laughs> Can we praise God? Just touched by the Lord. And the look, the, so God is at work in our children. He's at work in our children. And so this little child was, this was a couple years ago, had, had issues. The mom called the church and said, hey, can we pray for her during this prayer meeting? And I remember we were like, of course, my, we'll pray for her. And I remember being in the back, kind of just in the office, getting ready and praying for the prayer meeting. And I remember sensing this weight of Lord, how can we pray for this little girl? Because her mom wants us to pray for her. And of course, I believe you're going to heal. <laughs> I believe in the word, but now it's practical. And I started feeling this weight that I couldn't figure out. And I, I truly felt like the Lord spoke to my heart, not audibly, but very clearly and said, Matt, I 
am the healer. And what he, it was a correction. You know, the Lord is so good at correcting us, kind of like, not mean. God, the Father's not mean. He's just, but he's so direct. <laughs> he said, I'm the healer. What he was saying to me was, there, you shouldn't feel a burden to pray some good prayer, to do some good thing, because it's nothing to do with you. And maybe you're a parent here and you have a child who's sick, or you're a spouse and your spouse is sick, or you yourself are sick, or you have a family member and you feel this weight of, I gotta have a certain level of faith, or I gotta pray a certain prayer, or I gotta fast for 40 days. That's, that's completely opposite. That's not how it is. He is the healer. He took up our diseases. He took up our infirmities. He paid the price for it already. And so that little girl came, we prayed for her, and, we, and you know what happened? Nothing. Nothing happened with her. But something amazing happened. We had an overflow room at that time, and back in the overflow, there was a, there was a, a, a woman who was sitting against the wall because we were crammed in the prayer meeting and she was just sitting there in the overflow watching a screen just like some of you are watching right now, not even physically in the room. And when we began to pray for that little girl, the Holy Spirit came upon her. She had an autoimmune disease that she had had for her entire life. And it was in that moment that no one even laid hands on her. We believe in the laying on the hands. We're gonna get back to that in a, in a handful of weeks. Right? No one even laid hands on her except Jesus laid his hand upon her and she was miraculously healed after having that autoimmune issue for many, many years. She went to the doctor that week and he said it is completely gone. Completely gone. Praise God for his miracle working power. I share that because it was God who did it. I'll never forget another meeting. We, were, we had someone we had to come up who had cancer and we were praying for them. And, and I, I don't recall exactly what happened in the moment. We love the moment. We want the, the power moment with God. I believe in power moments with God. We're going to have power moments of God, but there's mysteries to these things. We don't have to try to figure out the miracle. Jesus has got to figure it out. So we're praying for this person. This is amazing. And then all of a sudden, there was a brother on the front row who had just gotten news that day, that afternoon, that he had leukemia. Only his wife knew. He's in the meeting. We're praying for this other person with cancer. And the Lord touched him in the meeting. No one even got to lay hand. Touched him. He went that week. And the doctor said, I don't know what happened. All of the cancer is completely gone by the power of God. Amen? Some of us here, you just got a bad report. Others... You've been carrying that for many, many years. I'm so inspired by Sister Kathy, Kathy Cole, Pastor Rick's wife, because she's been battling these migraines for so many years. And every time I see her, we chat a little bit. We get to talk very often. And I could still sense in a very powerful way the faith in her heart that today might be the day that the Lord touches her. And she's been on this journey of healing and trusting God for a long time. I don't understand why she has to carry this journey for a handful of years, but then someone else can experience it here. That's not for us to figure out, but what we're supposed to do is posture ourselves to say, Father, I believe. Jesus, I believe. You are the healing God. You are the healing God. You are the healing God. 